630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. 20 seconds to go. Wrist shot, save Talbot. Rebound, top of the blue paint. Wrist shot, Martinez, save Talbot. Kopitar bangs it off the back of the head. 12 seconds, wrist shot, Martinez. Save made by Cam Talbot. And here come the Oilers, 2 on 1 to win it. McDavid in for the left hand side. Dry Settle waits. There's the center pass. Left timer, score! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Well, I'll say this. Nashville Predators fans scream, it's all your fault more than my ex-girlfriend. Series tied 2-2. Game 5 coming up on Thursday. Of course, we'll have it for you right here on 6.30. Chet, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is 6.06. A lot to get to tonight. Former Eskimos kicker Sean Fleming will join us in an hour. That'll be great to catch up with Sean. Of course, it's always uh, I, I always get energized uh, at the start of the show because in, in that opening, we always have play-by-play clips. Uh, you know, We're going to be working in some Eskimos play-by-play once the season gets started. Obviously, a lot of Oilers clips from the uh, past season. A good play-by-play guy can do so much to, to bring you the, the spirit of the game and get you fired up. Jack Michaels did it so many times during the Oilers season. Indecisive at this point, but now dishing back for David DeArnay. He'll swing it to the corner for Drysaddle. Back in front to DeArnay. Shots! So there's one of the great calls from this past season, April 20th, DeHarnay beating the Sharks in overtime. And uh, during the Stanley Cup final, you have so many different broadcasters from a variety of different nations and or languages calling the game. Uh, I, I, you may have seen this online today. A broadcaster from Finland, Antti Mäkinen, doing some work last night with Pekka Rinne continuing to stone the Penguins. <laughs> If you speak Finnish, you can text the translation to 630-630, though I'm assuming it's some form of great safe by Rene. Now, one of the great stories over the last couple of years is Herna Ryan Singh, an Alberta boy, play-by-play voice for Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi. At the end of the afternoon news with Jaylin, we played his Benino call. Well, he has another one from this year's Stanley Cup final that's getting a lot of attention. I'm Uh, Jake Gensel goal from uh, the Pittsburgh victory in Game 2. And I'm pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports, Harna Ryan Singh. Harna Ryan, how are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me on, Reed. Appreciate it. Yeah, great to talk to you. It's been about a year since we last spoke. Uh, people fell in love with, uh, I mean, you're already doing great work, but you kind of got more attention with the Benino goal call. And uh, the Gensel goal call is getting a lot of play this year This year as well. I know you're just going to say you're doing your your job but it's, it's going to be fun when people point out your work a little bit like that 
You know, uh, both times uh, during those goal calls, I had no idea that uh, they were anything special or that people would appreciate them so much. So I'm really grateful for that. And yeah, as you as you mentioned, the past year has just been such an exhilarating experience, uh, being able to you know live the dream, but to have uh, have it appreciated by people in the hockey world everywhere has just been has been amazing. Now, didn't you get invited to the Penguins Parade last June? What was that like? <laughs> uh, yes, we did. And, you know, for me, it was it was such a cool experience just to, to even have the Penguins reach out and, uh, and, and, you know, say that we would love to have you come down. And, uh, you know, I, I, obviously from social media, you know that the call was went viral. But I don't think any of us had any clue of how big the goal call was inside the city of Pittsburgh. I mean, once we set foot in that city, it was unbelievable because people, uh, they knew all about Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi. There was Benino signs everywhere. We, I mean, we had people taking pictures with us at the airport, but even any street I was walking on in Pittsburgh, cars were stopping to get a picture and people were jumping out. Like, it's literally every radio station, uh, television, you name it, it, everybody in Pittsburgh was aware of that call. So it was really a special experience, and the team treated us just with open arms. It, it, was, it, was, it was just a first-class experience overall. Uh, well, I know it's been fun for you. I mean, you, you continue to do, a, to do a great job calling the, the Punjabi games, but you got to work on some English broadcasts as well. Is that... Uh, you know, goal of yours, or are you just doing that when when they ask you, or how, how are you approaching sort of uh, your career trajectory here? Well, definitely, it was the ultimate goal. Uh, even when I was a kid, that was the dream. I, I didn't have any uh, sort of even. Um, I had no idea that this would even be possible in Punjabi until until it all came together and I actually learned even more about my own community that it's the third most spoken language in Canada so the numbers are are, are there behind it too uh, but the ultimate dream was to be able to to do this in English and yes this uh, this past season I was very fortunate to get that opportunity to be a host with Sportsnet on Wednesday nights and uh it was a, it was a thrilling experience because it was a different role. The host role is a totally different type of prep than for play by play. Um, but it was a, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it's something that I hope to continue to do uh, more in the future seasons as well. All right. Well, I mean that's awesome, and and uh, and you and you do such a such a great job. Um, you know, you mentioned now you grew up you grew up an Oilers fan, didn't you? Where did you grow up? <laughs> I grew up, I was born in Wetaskiwin, which kind of explains that. And, uh, and then I grew up in Brooks, Alberta. Uh, so uh, during the 80s, uh, you know, growing up in, in Alberta, obviously uh, the Oilers and Flames are very strong teams. My, my elder siblings, my sisters were already uh, Gretzky fans uh, by the time I came along. So uh, yeah, we I did grow up as an Oilers fan, and now obviously you're, you call games as unbiased as you can be, and you, you kind of you, you're a fan of the game in different ways, where you follow storylines of players, and obviously we focus on all Canadian teams on Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi. So um, my I am a through and through Albertan, and I you know I live in Calgary to this day, uh, but get to travel a lot for this job. So. 
it's that's where the the passion for hockey began. It was with Gretzky and those uh, the Oilers dynasty, which hey just got voted as the greatest team of all time. Can't give it any better than that, eh? Yeah, no kidding. Herner Ryan Singh joining us on Inside Sports from Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi. Okay, so I, I mean, you're you mentioned you're through and through Albertan. Unfortunately, and, and, and I think, I mean, you mentioned it, it's the third most spoken language in the country, so clearly there was an audience who wanted the games delivered in, in their own language, so it's very important. Unfortunately, there are sometimes a few people in the population who don't realize um, the importance of what you're doing and why you're doing it. I, I, I hope it doesn't happen a lot, but, but I know one of your colleagues posted something on social media a couple days ago. There are times you know you and your colleagues might be get a comment that is you know ignorant rude or let's face it downright racist directed at you harner ryan how do you deal with that do you ignore it do you try to educate do you shoot back what's your strategy there well you know the the comment that you're referring to was actually politely more politely said than what a lot of it ends up being a lot of it ends up being very brash crude and and blunt about um, you know, go back to where you came from or, you know, we shouldn't have people who look different or who look like yourself uh, telling us about our game. And, uh, you know, what's, what's crazy is uh, my great-grandfather came here into Canada in 1907, 1908, over 100 years ago. And, uh, you know, I feel I'm just as Canadian, if not maybe potentially even more Canadian than a lot of the people who are saying these comments. So we, we do, unfortunately, get this type of, uh, uh, you know, on social media, it's one of those things where you can hide behind what you're saying because it, you, you can have a fake name and especially on Twitter, you're able to spew that uh, hatred as much as you want without really any consequence. And that's the unfortunate side of social media and it's it, it saddens me that uh because i'm such a proud canadian and i'm very patriotic about what this country stands for where you know we give opportunities to people who are different regardless of how they look or what their cultural background or heritage might be and we give opportunities for them to succeed and my story is one of those where uh i was passionate about hockey this was my dream and despite having a turban and a and a, a lifelong playoff beard uh you know it still it still came to fruition and it, it saddens me that there's still some people in canada who who aren't open to the idea of having a multicultural look in hockey and and we're we're breaking down those barriers day by day i think especially even having um opportunities on the english side will help someone who's maybe never met a Sikh before think that, hey, this guy can speak just as good English as I can. Uh, you know, he's done his research and he, he has a passion for the game. So why can't he be a part of the, the hockey broadcast world? And it's one of those things where you have to kind of pick and choose per comment as to how do you want to respond. A lot of times we end up just having to ignore it. Um, but other times you choose to respond and uh, it's just something you deal with but it uh, but it's a the majority of Canadians thankfully are, are very kind and uh, very you know compassionate about this thing so that these comments are in the minority but it's something we still have to deal with well Harner Ryan you do a good job dealing with it we're going to have a few, couple more minutes with Harner Ryan Singh when we get back host and play-by-play voice for Hockey Night in Canada Punjabi edition. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Hi, this is 
Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hunter Ryan Singh joining us on Inside Sports tonight from Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi, known for some of his uh, great goal calls over the last couple of seasons. I-, I remember last year we spoke and you said one of the challenges in the beginning was there were words related to hockey that didn't directly uh, translate to Punjabi. So you kind of had to be creative, or I think sometimes just keep using the English word. Do you pretty much have your dictionary set now, Harner Ryan? Or do you still have <laughs> words that, that pop up where you're like, wait a minute, what are we going to say here? Well, you know, uh, we the hockey terminology is, is pretty much set, and we... But we do come up with different creative ways of think, saying things. So over the years, for example, like penalty box, I call it Sajada Dabba, which now translates back into English as box of punishment. So it's kind of more fun and dramatic, right? And uh, But, you know, the funny thing is is it's it's sometimes like like in Nashville, they threw the, the catfish on the ice. So it, it's it's those types of unexpected things where it's like, okay, the, the word for catfish in Punjabi is not on the top of my mind or it's not something I use every day. So those are the ones where we kind of just uh, try to translate it or, or use the English one now. Uh, but we, we try to have as much fun as we can. I mean, at the end of the day, sports is about having fun and entertainment, and uh, our viewership tells us that they really enjoy that part of the show. All right. Well, hey, we should talk a little bit about the actual uh, actual hockey. I mean, home ice so far has uh, has, has stood up. i got to tell you, Harner Ryan, you know, when Rob Brown and I talked about it a lot late in the regular season when the Oilers were nail- nailing down a playoff spot where we said we didn't want Nashville in the first round. I mean, they did well against the Oilers in the regular season. They can play different ways. Rene's playing as well as he has maybe in three or four years. And, uh, you know, they kind of didn't have a great first half of the season, but much better in the second half of the season. So, uh, and I mean, and they, they showed they can bounce back from a couple of tough outings in, in Pittsburgh, and now we're down to a best of three. Yeah, you know, it's that top four defense uh, of Ekholm, Subban, Yossi, and Ellis that is just, it's, it's unbelievable uh, how well that can move the puck, how well they can skate. It's a totally different genre or style of defense than what we saw the typical uh, stay-at-home defenseman from way back in the day. Um, you know, from Edmonton's standpoint, the Jason Smiths of the world or, or, or what have you. But, I mean, these guys are, are they are the, uh, they, they totally are what a, an excellent, perfect defenseman should be in the NHL these days. So they have a, an amazing back end on their team. But what, I, what was totally underrated is the, the forwards and, and the way that those guys, I mean, you have people like Colton Sisson standing up, uh, stepping up now and Frederick Goudreau. And, and it, what, what amazes me, though, about Nashville more than anything else is the will, that, that hunger to win, and, and the fact that they play so well as a team together. It seems like that is the toughest thing that for any opponent to, uh, to solve because the Peter Laviolette has them playing such a team these guys are are willing to do whatever it takes to win and it, whether it's you know 
blocking the shots or just that extra effort, the puck battles along the boards. And and I think they they don't have that elite skill that Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel do, but it's just the sheer will and that willpower that they're they're using, uh, and that's what they did in these uh, last two games to to tie up the series. Yeah, very 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 well said. Harner Ryan, thanks for making time for me. It's great to have you on the show. I'm going to promise you we'll try to do it more than once a year as we go into the next hockey season because you're a great guest. Really appreciate your time, man. Hey, well, it's always fun to, to talk to Oilers fans and uh, to connect back to the roots here up in northern Alberta. So thanks for having me. Yeah, right on. My pleasure. Harner Ryan Singh checking in tonight from Hockey Night in Canada. Punjabi doing great work. Uh, as he mentioned, he's worked on some English language broadcasts this year as well. And, uh, you know, it's funny. He mentioned the, the comments sometimes he gets from, uh, uh, I would say, people displaying a great deal of ignorance. Go back to where you came from. Uh, the dude was born in Wetaskiwin and grew up in Brooks. Not that it would be an issue if he had moved to another country to cover hockey anyway, but it's just funny. Okay, well, I guess he's 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 going to go back to Wetaskiwin where cars cost less. Maybe open up a car dealership. Uh, love talking to Harner Ryan. Uh, i, I got to apologize to the people texting into 630-630 who uh, had questions for Harner Ryan during the course of that interview. Uh, I don't always see them in time to ask him, but uh, maybe next time we get him on the show, we can ask some of those. Sean texting in what I was just going to say. Uh, read, box of punishment should be adopted league-wide. How excellent of that is that? Makes me wish I knew Punjabi. Sean, i got to agree with you. So if, if you missed that part of the interview... They, they've had to, sometimes they just use English words or they got to figure out translations. So penalty box, what they wound up using in Punjabi, translates back to English as box of punishment. And let's face it, there's been a lot of discussion about the officiating and the style of play and what shouldn't, 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 shouldn't be a penalty throughout the playoffs. Maybe it would clean up the game because what sounds scarier to go to? The penalty box or the box of punishment? Oh, yeah, I get a penalty. I'll go to the penalty box. Big deal. Oh, wait, I don't want to go to the box of punishment. What are they going to do to me in there? <laughs> uh, I, I love that. Great stuff from Harner Ryan. You can text 630-630-780-496-0063 is the phone number, by the way. Uh, this texter says, uh, as always, does it matter what color you are if you know your hockey and you know what you're talking about? You have the right to speak. I think that those guys are great. I think they're doing a great job, and I think they're breaking down the barriers of maybe going to change a little bit of the views of some of the people in Canada as far as our society goes. Doug says, uh, hi guys, my wife and I watched the Punjabi pregame show. Uh, I love the energy, even though we don't understand all of the language. Love the multiculturalism. Well, that's quite a compliment, watching their show, uh, even though you don't understand their language. And this texture says, uh, Hi, Reed. Uh, please tell Harner Ryan if he's a hockey fan, he's Canadian. No matter uh, his belief or his background, hockey is Canada. Well, I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear the positive stuff. And as we know, and as Hunter Ryan pointed out, uh, it can be pretty easy now with, with social media to direct uh, hatred and ignorance at people. Unfortunately, Harner Ryan has been, uh, a, and his colleagues have been the targets of some of that stuff but i think they've taken it in stride and i mean this that's the this is the great thing about canada um uh, you know and i i didn't know that till i talked to, I, I think harner ryan said that last year as well punjabi the third most spoken language in the country so why wouldn't you have a hockey show with people calling the games in that language i think it's pretty cool got another text here 
Hey, Reed, I heard your joke to Jay Lynn about 22-year-olds not knowing what vinyl is. Actually, vinyl is selling better nowadays than it did even when records were the only medium. A large majority of those sales are from people in their 20s. Fair enough. I will say, though, I don't totally understand that because <laughs> digital, digital sounds pretty good. And you buy a record, it has like 12 songs on it. You buy an iPod or an iPad, you can put thousands of songs on it. I honestly don't understand the younger generation going back to vinyl. Then again, I don't understand a lot of things I do. So I guess we'll call that even. Uh, Sean Fleming coming up tonight, and we'll talk to one of the top-rated prospects for the upcoming draft from the Brooks Bandits. Kale McCarr is going to join us tonight as well. J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, we got some Eskimo stuff coming up here. Some training camp news from today. In a couple of minutes, you'll hear from quarterback Zach Klein, who just joined the team yesterday. An incredible journey to get to uh, the Eskimos. We'll, uh, we'll tell you what happened there. Sean Fleming on the uh, Wall of Honor at Commonwealth Stadium. He's going to join us in about uh, half an hour uh, as well, Kale McCarr coming up later uh, this half hour from the Brooks Bandits. Great player in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Likely to go in the top 10 in the draft in Chicago, which is about two and a half weeks away. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. The Blue Jays will play at 8 against the A's. The Jays 28-30 and 30 on the season. Fourth in the AL East. Five and a half back of the Yankees, who are currently playing... Boston and the Red Sox lead this one uh, 4-1 in the bottom of the fourth. So uh, Boston two games back of the Yankees, so they're trying to close within a game. What do we got? Uh, NBA tomorrow? Like there's they, they space like the the NHL the Stanley Cup final was incredibly spaced out, and then they're they're actually taking a day longer to play the NBA finals, though it might not go very long. As Golden State's looking really good. I almost thought they were trying to time it where Game 7 of the NBA Finals would also be the first game of the next regular season in November, but they, they didn't quite drag it out to that extent. Anyway, uh, some text to 630-630. Dan from Lloyd Minster says, maybe we should make the box of punishment where penalized players have to do 100 push-ups before they can be let out, LOL. Can you imagine if they did that? Well, it's no longer a two-minute penalty. If you if you commit a penalty, as soon as you do 100 push-ups, you, you can get out. <laughs> and then the guy would be, his arms would feel like spaghetti, so he wouldn't be able to handle the puck very well once he, once he got out. Uh, a couple people texting in, uh, vinyl sounds better than digital. I, I can't debate that. I did. I do not think we'd be having this discussion tonight, but it's June sixth, so we can we can touch on. I could. I could just. I could just hear people tomorrow. Warren Mulvey. I. Uh, I don't like that Wilkins show that I got there on Chad that uh, sports show. Oh, why is that? I bad opinions on music. Doesn't know enough about vinyl. People be like, what? So this isn't a sports show. I don't like his opinions on music. I'm just saying. Like, when I started buying CDs and you could immediately skip to the song you wanted to hear rather than trying to remember exactly how long to re- rewind the tape or writing down counter markings or have an iPad that you can you could just quickly pick. Or even now, like, I, ha- I have Apple Music so I can just search an artist and stream the song, right? To me, that's a lot cooler than, you know, going, going, into, your, going into your hi-fi cabinet 
My parent, I think my parents still have a high fi. You know, like it looks like. You know what I'm talking about, Warren? Look, it, it looks kind of like a. I don't even know what it looks like. Almost like a. It's like a half covered. Like it doesn't go all the way up the wall, and you can put stuff on it. But you open it up, and the records and the record player are inside. So then you get to pull the record out, get it, and put it on, and listen to the record, which I don't debate sound fine. I'm just saying I prefer to have a device where I have immediate access to thousands of songs. I like both, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Warren Mulvey, keeping everybody happy. I do. I like having uh, songs on my phone that I can listen to anytime I want, but I also like sitting for 45 minutes. Do you own and play vinyl? I do. I don't have tons, but I do have... Are you a, are you a hipster? Are you, are you of that demographic? Yeah, I think so. Although I look for vinyl where I also get the... Um, you get the download code with it, so you can get both versions. Oh, So you nice. get the whole album, and then you get the digital version of the song, so you can put it on your iPod. Now, or, what, what vinyl do you own? Uh, the most recent one I bought was uh, Sturgill Simpson. I liked that one. What genre of music does he perform? Uh, sort of alt country. You know what we should get put on vinyl? That's still a beauty, eh? I love that. Like 40 minutes of that? <laughs> Two sides? Yes, yeah, just keep... Just on a loop. Uh, there probably is a YouTube... I mean, didn't somebody put a loop of like 100 hours of the Cantina song from Star Wars? I think there's, you can find stuff like that. On, I'm serious. I saw that on YouTube. Trust me, if it's Star Wars related, I probably or, found or it. Or Darth on, Vader on, breathing on for 10 hours. <laughs> well, that's creepy. Uh, it's Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 6.38. Uh, I mentioned we have the uh, hockey game on Thursday. On Sunday, we're going to have an Eskimos preseason game. 3.30 for the uh, pregame show. 5 o'clock kickoff. Eskimos Stampeders. One of two preseason games for the Green and Gold that'll be on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Then they will be in Winnipeg next Thursday for their second and final preseason contest. Uh, I think the team is shaping up pretty good this season. I know from talking to Dave Campbell and Morley Scott, and by the way, you can get more on the Eskimos on 630Ched.com, and we'll get to some storylines uh, here in the next few minutes. Uh, there is a story on James Franklin, backup quarterback on the website. The, Morley and Dave are speaking very highly of the receivers, which is encouraging. The, I think the the five guys in in the uh, in the lead positions to be starters, you're going to have new guy Vidal Hazelton and the guy who's come back Shamad Chambers as the wideouts, and then I think the slots will be a Darius Bowman, Brandon Zilstra, and Corey Watson. So Zilstra likely to step in for Darrell Walker, and he kind of has a path similar to Walker. Spent most of his first season on the practice roster, gets to come in. Well, I guess Walker spent about a third of the year. Zilster about two-thirds of the year on the practice roster. Comes in, makes an impact. So that's encouraging. Uh, they got Bryant Mitchell as a potential backup. Uh, Chris Getzlaff is still around. And uh, Dekeel Williams, who I don't know a lot about, but Dave was telling me about today, apparently pretty good as well. So this could be a really, really good receiving core. Obviously, you got Riley at quarterback. James Franklin as a backup. Danny O'Brien, a former Ottawa Red Black, so Jason Moss. And uh, GM Brock Sutherland have some experience with him. Uh, O'Brien looks like he's going to be the holder on kicks. Zach Klein is a new addition to training camp. His collegiate career 
was pretty interesting. He was with California. Then he was with Butte College, a junior. Uh, that was a junior college in his second year. Then he was with Indiana State. Then he went back to California, and then he finished with Fresno State. So he kept transferring because of coaching changes and, and you know opportunities that he wanted more playing time. And so what happened was he uh, wound up going to the Eskimos tryout camp few weeks ago in Las Vegas and that's how he wound up with the Eskimos. I uh, pretty much tried out for every CFL team through the free agent camps right and uh, then Edmonton was my last camp I scheduled and um, I went there and there was like 12 quarterbacks there and there's a lot of guys I'm like hey just roll the balls out let's see right let's see what happens and uh, they initially said hey guys you know, great job, but uh, I don't think we're gonna take any more quarterbacks for camp. Hey, all right. So go back to the hotel, um, get a call about two hours later. Hey, Zach, Coach Moss changed his mind. Can you be at the hotel? We have meetings in 20 minutes. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm with my girlfriend. And she's like, pack your bags, let's go. So packed up, um, got invited to mini camp when I had no idea, right? Uh, go over there, like, Totally was like super excited, um, you know, did well. And, uh, you know, after mini camp, they were, you know, they said, hey, we'll keep in touch. Uh, you know, a few months go by, I'm training and I actually moved to LA um, and I was working for uh, the company puts on Elite 11 and, you know, area code baseball and stuff. And it's called Student Sports. And uh, so I was working and doing, being an intern and, and training so I could, you know, be able to you know stay in shape and everything and and uh, I randomly got a call or randomly got a text being like hey what's your agent's number da, da, da. I'm like it's happening <laughs> oh my goodness it's happening so I had a feeling they you know definitely keep me informed like hey this is probably how it's gonna go down you know uh, be just ready for a call or some sort of something you know either beginning you know a week into who knows and so uh, I was staying ready. I was staying, you know, um, all, you know, geared up for everything. And uh, my bags were packed, right? And uh, a go bag? Yeah, I had a go bag. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, pretty much packed up everything. And then um, when I got the call, I, you know, they were like, hey, we need you to leave tomorrow. I left, landed um, two days ago, right? Yeah, two days ago, like four o'clock. Then practice yesterday. Um, it was good because the good stuff was is, is that a lot of the plays I had yesterday were from minicamp. So I was like, okay, I remember these, and I got to actually, like, it was familiar. So they definitely are giving me, like, you know, not just throwing me out in the fire. You know, they're giving me, you know, goals and attainable goals to reach and then going from there. So I'm, I'm obviously extremely thankful, and, and, you know, that's the life of a guy that, you know, is trying to make it, man. You, you, you got to be ready always, and you have to be ready to roll whenever they call your name, and it's, uh, it definitely takes a lot of grit and a lot of, you know, perseverance, but I'm extremely happy they're giving me an opportunity. That's all you can ask for. And by looking at your resume, that's kind of been your M.O., right? Yeah. You're, you're just looking for a chance, looking for an opportunity. To play. You're exactly right. Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, if there, there's two things I'm going to do, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm going to study as hard as I can, right? And I'm going to leave it all out there. And, and you know, I really think that, you know, everything is leading up to, you know, everything happens for a reason, right? And uh, like you said, I'm just I'm just looking for an opportunity, and I'm going to work as hard as I can to to 
to capitalize on that. And Edmonton's giving me an opportunity, and I can't be more, I can't be, you know what I mean? I'm extraordinarily happy. That is the well-traveled Zach Klein, a portion of the interview he did earlier today with Morley Scott. You can get the full interview on the Eskimos page on 630Ched.com. Quite a story. I think at this point, if I had to guess, I think he'll be the Eskimos practice roster quarterback, but uh, definitely a guy who's kept his options open throughout his football career. Coming up on 645, back to the hockey talk in a moment. Kale McCarr, incredible Alberta success story, likely to go in the top 10 in the NHL draft. You'll get to know him in a couple of minutes. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. NHL Draft, June 23rd and 24th in the city of Chicago. Of course, we'll have coverage of the draft from Chicago right here on 630 Chet. I'm curious to see where our next guest will go. He plays in the Alberta Junior Hockey League where he has been an absolute standout for the Brooks Bandits. He was the uh, MVP of the RBC Cup, which his team lost the final in overtime. Pleased to welcome to Inside Sports, Kale McCarr. Kale, how are you doing? Not too bad. How about you? Doing very well. Thanks for making time for us to join the show tonight. Uh, hey, hey, how was your combine experience? Was that a pretty cool thing to go through in Buffalo? Yeah, very fun thing to go through. They, they put together a really Really fun, uh, I guess you want to say, camp there for, for all of us guys. And it's really cool to meet a lot of new people and make a few relationships. So uh, definitely a fun experience. Now, i got to ask you about the Wingate test. That's the one on the bike that everybody talks about. And I even found video of you on YouTube. Uh, and the guy, like, you're trying to ride the bike, and then there's the guy, like, yelling in your ear to push it. <laughs> how, 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 how was that test? How did you feel afterwards? Did, did it live up to all the hype of how difficult it is? Yeah, definitely. I think it, it was it was fairly fun. Um, it was my first time doing you know, with the wing gate and having the guys screaming in your ear is something new for me. But it honestly helps. It uh, it pushes you a little bit harder. And um, overall, it was a really really tough, fun experience. But after, I think well, it got the best of me a little bit. But um, still a, a once in a lifetime thing. So. You know, as you go through that process, and obviously you get to talk to a lot of teams, just tell us uh, tell us how many teams you wound up having interviews with and just the kind of things they, they try to, to get to know about you. Yeah, so I think I wound up with around 27 interviews with teams, and um, they kind of just want to figure out who you are as a person. They'll ask you about your family, uh, kind of what your passions are in life, and some, some stuff about hockey, obviously, like, um, I guess character on and off the ice but in terms of how you think you play on the ice and stuff like that so fairly basic stuff but uh, fun at the same time all right and the oil and you talked to the oilers yeah i did okay cool you brought up uh you know th- that they want to know about your family tell us a little bit about your family because i i've talked to enough junior hockey players kale that they're usually one or two guys in, in somebody's life or not just guys one or two people in somebody's life that were really big in getting them into hockey and supporting them and, and keeping them going who has been that sort of uh guiding light and that foundation for you 
Yeah, I've, uh, I've been an athletic kid ever since a young age, and I've loved loved hockey as well. But I think I'd say my parents, and more specifically my dad, I think um, when I got old enough, he started stressing the mental side of the game for me and gave me all these different tools, whether it be books of uh, Saul Miller or Brian Kane. Uh, he found all these resources for me to read in order to expand my knowledge in the mental side of the game. So um, in terms of that, I'd probably say him. What's your dad's name? Uh, Gary McCarr. Now, was he a, was he a hockey player himself, or was he just kind of doing whatever whatever he could to support you? Yeah, no, he he was a hockey player himself when he was younger. Unfortunately, he threw his back, and back then they had nothing to kind of help that or fix that, so he had to kind of give it up. But from what I understand, he's fairly good. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he tells you that, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad you brought up the, the mental side of the game because that's right in my wheelhouse. That's always a big question that I ask people, athletes, because, you know, most, most of them will tell you the physical skills are one thing, but that mental side can sometimes separate things. So what are, what are some of the things that you tried to incorporate or things you did to help yourself uh, mentally as you've sort of gotten older? Yeah, it's just um, I have a fairly calm demeanor to my game. I think uh, you just got to understand that some things don't go your way sometimes, and, and you can't get frustrated over that. I think once you start to understand that, the game kind of takes a different turn for you, and you start to really realize kind of the true meaning behind the game. So um, I guess just in that regard, just the calmness and being able to handle situations that sometimes uh, occur just out of blink of an eye. So. Kale McCarr joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Standout defenseman for the Brooks Bandits. He was the MVP of the RBC Cup. Brooks uh, finishing as the runner-up in that tournament with a tough overtime loss. And, uh, Kale, we're just talking about your experience at the Combine, and you're going to be at the NHL Draft in Chicago in a couple of weeks here. Uh, man, what's it like now, the, the lead-up here? Are you kind of in pinch-yourself mode that you're likely going to get drafted uh, very high by an NHL team, or how are you approaching this run-up to the draft? Yeah, to be honest, I, I don't think it's really set in yet. I don't think I've fully grasped the concept of what I've done so far and um, where I could possibly go, but it, it's going to be a fun experience. I've never been to Chicago, and some of my family's coming, so I'm looking forward to it. it it's going to be a, a cool thing. Tell me about your decision to play in the AJHL rather than go to the WHL, because I think it was Medicine Hat that uh, that has your rights. How come you decided to do that, Kale? Yeah, it was uh, at the time I was kind of 50-50. I have nothing against the dub, but at the same time, I just felt I was a smaller guy, and for development reasons, I thought that the AJHL and um, the NCAA path would be better, and I did a, some seminars and more research on that side, and I felt there was a better path for me personally, and um, the AJHL ended up being a great route as it is, and I think I picked a great program with the Brooks Bandits there, so... Well, they've been very good for, for several years, so there's no doubt about that. And it's UMass Amherst. That's your NCAA school. You're going there next year? Yep, that's the plan. Okay, perfect. Cale, I'm going to ask you something here. Step outside of your body and pretend you're a scout watching Cale McCarr play, you know, five or six games over a couple of weeks in the AJHL. What would your scouting report of that defenseman be? I'd probably say he's a very offensive guy. I think yeah, I'm not a guy that's not going to shy away from jumping in the rush whenever I can. I like to use my skating and I'm, I'm a guy that likes to be mobile in the zone, whether it be D-downs or D-middles. And uh, At the same time, there's a few flaws in my D-side of the game, but nothing that I think is going to hold me back from playing in the NHL. And I, I'd say a <laughs> kid's got, um, he's always make, making the first pass. So, yeah. All right. So if we, if we were to talk in a year from now, what would you hope to say that you've improved on from this conversation in 2017? 
Yeah, definitely, definitely my defensive side of the game. Like I said, I, there's a few flaws in terms of uh, whether it be knowing when to contain or be aggressive uh, coming off a man-on-man system in Brooks. It was it was fairly tough to read that, and I think that was something that I stressed the entire year. And I think in that respect, just um, being more tight in zone and, and knowing in, in terms of the little things um, where to be and stuff. All right, so you got a chance here, if we go by the rankings, to, to go in the top 10 in the draft. You got a chance to possibly be the highest player ever drafted directly out of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Would that mean something to you, or, or do you just want to get picked and you don't care where it is? Yeah, to be honest, it would be pretty special and um, to be recognized as one of those guys. But at the same time, I, it's it's not really in my... I don't really think about it too much. I think people aren't going to look at what you do before the draft. It's kind of all about what you do after, and that's kind of the way that I see it. It's if, if you don't find success after, nobody's going to kind of look back on this and say, wow, he was good before. So um, I think it's just all about what you do after for me. All right, and what, uh, what current NHL players have you always looked up to? I'd say probably uh, Eric Carlson and Shane Gothisbear more recently, I think, and back when I'd probably say more of a Duncan Keith, definitely. Well, if you turn out anything like Errol Carlson, whichever team gets you, I think, is going to be pretty happy. He might, he might have been the best player in the playoffs, up at least through three yeah. rounds. What do you think? Yeah, no, watching him with Ottawa was pretty spectacular. They had a really great run there, and he definitely led their team. So, All right, and now you grew up in Calgary, is that correct? Yep, that's correct. Grew up a Flames fan? Oh yeah. <laughs> so if the Oilers, if the Oilers were to take you, and I know that's a one in thirty chance, and you may be gone by the time they pick, but if that somehow happened, you're ready to put on that blue and orange and be fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen the building that they have now at Edmonton, and it's it's pretty exceptional. So uh, you can go wrong with an organi- organization that's going in the right direction, definitely. Well, Kale, your career is heading in the right direction. It's always uh, great to see a young man like yourself representing the Alberta Junior League so well. All the best in Chicago. I hope that I hope I get to meet you there, and thank you so much for your time. No worries at all. Kale McCarr checking in tonight from the Brooks Bandits. Great junior A player, and uh, as he mentioned, he can move the puck. Not huge. He knows he has to work on his defense, but uh, a pretty good prospect for whoever gets him, likely to go in the top 10 in the draft. Hey, this is great. One of the best Eskimos of all time. Sean Fleming up next on Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.